nothing for this. What is nothing? Bro, serious questions with silly people. I'm your host, Christina P. Huh? Are we used to that yet? <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but I, I don't know. I, I don't. It's so confusing. Life is so, life is so amazing and confusing all the time, right? That's why I do this show. Uh, I got an email to do the topic of loneliness, which is kind of um, appropriate given that I have a newborn at home, and I know you're thinking, well, that's weird. Why is that conducive to being a uh, Cripping, cripplingly uh, lonely. <laughs> no one tells you this, but when you um, have a newborn, you're, you, there's a lot of alone time between mom and baby that happens because, well, you're the food source and the life source for this little tiny being. You're responsible for keeping alive every day. And um, just by virtue of me having breasts that make milk uh, and this thing coming from my body, my husband, you know, his role is, is, is there, but it's somewhat limited. And I'm the one in the nursery at, uh, well, let's see, last night it was 3 a.m., 5 a.m., and 7 a.m. feedings. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very lonely sometimes to sit in the dark with a, your, your small child and you, you know, you, you think about, about the theme of loneliness. Um, and that's funny because having a child is actually listed as one of the things. If you Wikipedia loneliness, it's actually listed as one of the life-changing events that cause it. Same with getting married or like a major loss of somebody in your life. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of circumstances that are conducive to that. But I think it's a, it's a pretty, come on, it's part of the human condition, right? Like there's different types of loneliness. There's the loneliness you feel uh, when you're in a relationship, okay? Like maybe, maybe you have a horrible relationship and, and you... You know, you lay next to somebody and you're like, oh, motherfucker, I just want to, I just want to take this alarm clock and bash your skull. You know, stuff, healthy thoughts. Um, there's existential loneliness in, in the grand sense of the, of the word. And I looked that up because I think uh, that is the human condition, isn't it? Kind of uh, realizing that you are ultimately alone. I mean, you're born alone, you die alone. Uh, all that crap in between is kind of cool, but you do kind of have to reconcile that. I mean, if you're, if you're an aware person, if you listen to shows like that's deep, bro, something tells me that you are. (laughs) Um, but then there's a lot of people that don't even think about their existential aloneness. I, I, I have a feeling just due to the amount of people, uh, backing Donald Trump at the moment. So yeah. So, okay. There's existential aloneness, uh, which is, which is defined as the conflict between our desire for meaning and the absence of meaning from the universe. Ugh, isn't that spirit crushing? Oh, God. And that's, you know, that's when you run out and you buy stuff. That's when I go and buy a new black shirt. Or, I don't know, lease a new car. Or, I don't know. That, that's, when, that's when you turn to the bottle. Um, but, yeah. But then there's, um, what I think interesting about loneliness is... Uh, well, it's, it's sometimes a voluntary condition. In fact, a lot of times it is voluntary. Um, yeah, there's billions of people on the planet. 
at any given time for you to choose to hang out with, and why are we not hanging out with them? Hmm. I don't know. And then there's a type of loneliness that is um, completely, completely voluntary, and, and, and you throw yourself into it. And that is why I am interviewing my friend Shauna, who just voluntarily made herself alone over the holidays. Believe it or not, she had a great opportunity. She's an artist. And she had this really unique opportunity to go to this tiny, tiny town in Ireland and uh, basically just hang out with sheep. Like there's nobody around her. She basically was like a hermit for, I think, two and a half or three weeks over the holidays and just paint. She just painted and she was in her own head. And to me, that sounds like terrifying and amazing at the same time, right? Holy cow. Like, what do you do with all that time? And how did she not freak out? I mean, this is the reason uh, I never did a Buddhist retreat, like a meditation retreat. I've I've wanted to for many years, but <laughs> do I really want to figure out what's going on in this head? <laughs> I don't... Mm. All right, so let's get into it, guys. Loneliness. Loneliness. I think we should do it with Joy Division. Aren't they the, the perfect band for loneliness? Always. I tell you, man, if I, I love Joy Division oh, so much. I, when I was at the height of my goth years as a teenager, I mean, I had like those oversized posters of Joy Division in my room. May have read the biography of Ian Curtis about 5,000 times. May have planned a pilgrimage to where this guy is buried. Never went, but wanted to go. That's such a such a tragic uh, figure, right? This guy kills himself at the age of like, what is it? I want to say 23, 25, maybe. And he has a kid and a wife. And um, that this song, Love Will Tear Us Apart, I think is really misunderstood. I I know uh, a couple that use this song for their wedding. Uh, but if you listen to the, the lyrics, it's actually about a profound loneliness and isolation within the context of of love. <laughs> And the irony being that love ends up tearing them apart and, and he hangs himself. She comes, she comes home. His wife came home and found him hanging. I think God is that how the story goes. It's been so many years. He was so young. Uh, but there you go. Love will tear us apart. Happy, happy guys. Happy week. Um, so loneliness. Yes. Uh, I did an episode on isolation 
which if you're looking for an episode on on that theme, it exists. But I really wanted to take a look at the idea of voluntary loneliness because sometimes it is. I mean, I've gotten emails from people that are like, you know, I'm I'm in the military and I'm stationed in this horrible place and I'm so lonely. That stuff, I feel like, is circumstantial loneliness and mm, happens, I guess, from time to time. But I think what I'm what I'm talking about is like, you know, what my friend Shauna did, which is voluntary loneliness, self-inflicted loneliness, which I feel like a lot of loneliness mostly is. I mean, there's nights uh, where I would sit home and be like, God, I'm so fucking I'm so lonely. Like my husband will be gone, and um, and I'd be like, Yeah, I, I could go to the comedy store and like hang out with people. Nah, oh, that's too hard. <laughs> that would involve me talking and uh, relating and putting myself out there um because a lot of the times it's like uh, at least personally i, I don't really want to put myself in a position of being misunderstood or, or just it's too much energy and i'd rather suffer through loneliness than um talk to people i'm sure that's super healthy uh but that, you know just what i do um also as comedians we're pretty lonely we're a lonely lot and i think that there's something for all creative people artists um yeah, creative people. Uh, there's a necessity to spending time alone. It's it's um it's part of being a counter culture because uh, if you're always immersed in the culture, how do you, how do you kind of get outside of it to critique it? And and that's what Nietzsche said. Nietzsche, Nietzsche for the philosopher, philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. Men without solitude are mere slaves because they have no alternative but to parrot culture and society. In contrast, anyone who has unmasked society naturally seeks out solitude, which becomes a source and guarantor of a higher set of values. Yeah, I mean, look, Nietzsche writes in The Dawn, I go into solitude so as not to drink out of everybody's cistern. Ooh, when I am among the many, I live as the many do, and I do not think I really think. Yeah, I kind of, I so agree with that because, um, like I've been, I've been sitting at home watching a ton of TV because that's all you can do with a kid in, in the beginning, anyway. And uh, I don't know, maybe forever. But um, like I'm finding myself watching shows that I would never consider, like Jane the Virgin, um, and uh, <laughs> and you know the real plastic surgeons of Beverly Hills on Netflix, just ridiculous stuff. And I, I do find my mind getting slowly massaged like a Kobe beef. Mm, like a little a little beef being massaged with beer and fat, and I'm finding myself growing dull, and at the same time simultaneously angrier um, because I am being, I'm I'm praying out to the the culture of com- of consumerism, and everybody has their hair curled just so on these CW shows, right? The tendrils. Every woman looks exactly the same on television. There's an ideal to conform to. Everybody's the same weight. Everybody's saying the same shit. And I, I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. Uh, and I, I didn't watch this much television before, but I can feel myself getting affected by it. Um, yeah, so I used to spend a lot more time in, in solitude. I think it's some, somewhat therapeutic. And if you look at, at the history of, uh, sorry, in religion, solitude is huge if you look at the desert fathers the early christian fathers they would go out into the desert literally in the desert and just um it was called mental castigation (laughs) it really made me laugh when i studied this crap i you know i did a year i studied medieval 
philosophy, you know, Renaissance philosophy. And I, I was so fascinated by the saints that were self-flagellating, like um, St. Saint, Saint Francis would beat himself with a whip <laughs> to become more Christ-like. And these desert fathers, too, would go out into the desert and, and be alone and, and, um, and in solitude come closer to God and come closer to truth. And I think that's what Nietzsche's talking about, is the idea of solitude lending itself to discovering truth. Because when you're constantly bombarded by everyone else's shit, how do you know what your shit is and what what's important to you. Sorry, that's the wrestling in my winter coat. It is 70 degrees today in Los Angeles. Uh, there we go. So solitary is kind of a necessary thing, I think. Uh, but loneliness, yeah. Mm. Mm. I think most of it's uh, self-imposed. Because, okay, like I was saying earlier about this whole thing of having a newborn and feeling lonely. Well, guess what? Last night... I talked to my husband about it, and I feel so much better because I reached out. I reached across the abyss. I took a chance, and, and I was vulnerable with him. And I think that I think that's the root of, of solving loneliness: is to take the chance to extend yourself out and and take the the risk of of getting your ass burnt. Right? A lot of us have bad experiences with people we've trusted, abandoning us or being shitty. So, you know, that's why we don't do it. Oh, did I not plug in my computer? I'm such a motherfucker. I didn't plug in my computer today, and I did not bring my bottled water. I'm very upset. Don't you I hate that? Don't you hate that when everything just isn't so? And now, like, I'm, I'm fucking fixated on the fact that the water is not here, and I don't have the GD computer. Pl- oh, motherfucker. All right, let's call, let's call Sean. I'm going to Skype her in. She's in New York. It's freezing there. Right now, there's some blizzard, um, so it's a perfect time to trap my BFF and get her uh, to talk about loneliness. She's my best friend. This chick, I've known Shauna since we were in ninth grade. Ninth grade, one of my nearest and dearest. I just I admire her so much. Um, she's one of those people who uh, I just followed her cues a lot in life. I've had like a hand, like two or three people in my life. Had they not been in my life, I would be completely lost. Um, she decided to go to school in San Francisco and so did I just because she applied to this college I did <laughs> basically whatever Shauna did I did because she seemed to make the right decisions and I I wasn't making good choices so I just did what she did and my life ended up good because of her and uh, she's a doer she's a thinker and wow talk about courage to spend two and a half three weeks over the holidays in a remote place in Ireland just talking to sheep all right here she is all right, so here she is. This is my friend Shauna. Say hi, Shauna. Hi, guys. Hi, bros. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, you just came back from a totally gnarly experience in Ireland. Can you explain it to my audience what you did? Sure. Um, so it was an artist residency, artist retreat kind of thing. Um, and the idea behind it, like some artist residencies are about communing with other artists and getting feedback and having like group critiques and slideshows and whatever in the evenings and all that. This one is much more about just, um, finding solitude so that you can like focus. It's, it's based on, um, like it's inspired by these monastic monk monks that used to live out on these crazy islands. Some of you might've seen star Wars where Luke Skywalker now lives. That's like, those are the islands that are off the coast. Yeah. Wow. Totally crazy. Yeah. So I was like on the side of 
a mountain, sort of kind of overlooking those islands. You have to kind of hike up a bit. But anyways, the, the, the ethos of the retreat is based on like that monastic lifestyle. These monks in the Middle Ages like lived there and just prayed and wrote and farmed and lived in isolation. And um, then they eventually came back to the coast and like built these houses. And anyways, like there's a, these little cottages, pre-famine cottages that were in ruins and some like so- Dublin socialite, this awesome lady like bought them in the nineties and turned them into these artist retreats. It's like a little cottage and you have your studio inside and um, there's like a kitchen and you feed yourself. It's all self catering. And you basically just, get the opportunity to go away from daily distractions and your day-to-day life so that you can focus on your work and you can be a writer, you could be a painter, you could be whatever. Like there was like a sound artist for a little bit while I was there. And um, like, so, but the craziest part about it, oh, and you're, you know, the other part of it is like you're inspired by just, it's stunningly beautiful. Like it's just one of the most beautiful, most spectacular landscapes. And the weather is constantly changing. You know, it's like, clouds it's just like a constant dramatic landscape and the light is constantly changing so it's very inspiring it's a good place to go just to like get filled up with inspiration especially as a visual artist um but the craziest part was that the first few days i was there like i think the first four or five days i had the whole place to myself they call it like the people in like the nearby town refer to it as the village it's like you know eight cottages in a row and I had the whole they, village to myself. But they talk <laughs> funny, right, in Ireland. They call it <laughs> yeah, the they, village. How do they say it? The village. The village, uh, mate. Right? That's how they talk. Yeah, mate, mate. The village, mate. <laughs> exactly. Just like that. Yeah. The village, mate. The village. So Good day. The- and, and so <laughs> you showed up and they were all like, are you from America? And did you- Are you from the U.S. of A? They love Americans. And... So, okay, so hold on, let's back up a bit. So how does one, how the hell did you find this? And how does one go to do something like this? It's such a crazy thing. So, well, there's artist residencies like all over the world and some of them, you know, there's a wide variety. Some of them you have to pay and, you know, so like rich people can do them. I can't do them because you pay a bunch of money to stay there. It's like basically you could do that and you take your vacation, you know what I mean? But like, a lot, and then there's some that actually give you an award, so that you, um, you know, they pay for you to come, and that's like very prestigious. This one's sort of somewhere in the middle. They don't pay for you to come, but they give you. They don't charge you anything either. Um, so, but basically, you apply, and it's based on your work. And they, you know, it's relatively competitive because there's only, you know, seven houses. Um, Jesus. And yeah, I mean, they do it all year, but like still a lot of people apply because it's like it's awesome and um so they basically look at your portfolio and your statement and decide if you can come for I think from a week to I think they'll go up to four weeks generally people go for anywhere from a week to three weeks usually but um so I I had I was in Ireland with my family you know like my brother and sister and I went by there and it was weird like not this time this is before this is like a year or two yeah yeah yeah, in 2013, in the summer, we were just, like, on vacation, and we met an, a distant relative, um, a cousin for the first time, and he was dry, driving us around the Ring of Kerry, and he was like, oh, I think there's, like, an artist retreat around here, and I was like, holy shit, I, I've heard of that, like, it rang a bell, and then it turned out my friend was there in residence, 
except she was at Luke Skywalker's Island at the moment. Um, and so I didn't see her, but I saw someone else I knew. It was like this weird, small world thing. And I was like, holy shit. And so we stopped by there and I was like, this is amazing. It's so beautiful. I have to come back here. So I applied once and I got rejected and I was like more devastated than any other rejection just because I wanted to go there so bad. I just felt like mm. it was so amazing. You know? That's always and, how it um, is when you really want it and they're like, nah, yeah, yeah it's the worst. Yeah. You have to, you have to not want stuff and then you'll just get it. That's how it works. I know. <laughs> totally. Exactly. If you want it bad, then forget, forget it. it. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to get it there. Yeah. Okay. So you applied, you got rejected. And then how many times did you get rejected before they, they took you? I, they took me the second time and maybe it was because I opened up my, um, well, actually, no, that's actually the first time I said I would come over Christmas too, but I think maybe I limited the time, but this time I was like, you know what, I'll come anytime. I'll come over Christmas. I don't care. And so they, they offered me a spot over the holidays and they got, offered me three weeks and it was over Christmas and New Year's. And I was like supposed to go home with, be with my family. And I was like, sorry guys, I can't pass this up. But they all understood and my work was like, you know, let me take the week off. And that was great. Um, so I was able, cause I had two weeks off for vacation and I was able to take the full like three and a half weeks. And it's great. And, um, so yeah, so you apply with your work basically. And they, it's crazy. Like they just leave a key under the rock like oh, outside shit. the door. Yeah. And they're like, your cottage is the third one on the right and just show up and, <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, and so. like, and, and like, okay, so you show up in Ireland, you land in Ireland and you've got mm-hmm. all your easels and your paintbrushes and your stuff and you just show up to this hut in the middle of nowhere and there's just a key mm-hmm. under the rug. And so, yeah. so walk me like, <laughs> it's it, what, so you're there for three weeks and this is what the week before Christmas and yeah. you show up and are you just like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> Oh, there were moments. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I will say like pretty much constantly, like my tail is wagging the whole time. I'm so freaking excited, you know? Um, but like there was, you know, a month or so of buildup of like preparing and figuring out what to bring and what to pack. And like, cause you got to bring all your supplies that you want to use. Cause there's no supplies around there. And I, so I flew into Dublin and whatever I didn't bring with me, I picked up at the art supply store there. Just like, you know, you can't bring like turpentine and oil on the plane. So like I picked that stuff up and, and just because it takes a while to get there, I had like a night and a day in Dublin just to like get over the jet lag a little bit and then catch a train the next day across the country to the West. And I stayed for a night in Killarney and Jeez. had a night, weird night there. I can talk about that later, but, um, <laughs> and then, and then like the next day I took a bus to in the nearest town, and then I had to get all my groceries and, like, peat blocks to burn in the oven to stay warm and, like, turfed and, like, fire starters and all the stuff, and then called a taxi to drive me up to the retreat. And he was so nice. He, like, helped me pick up whatever else I needed. And um, So there was, like, all this, like, prep, you know, excitement and, like, preparing, and I was, like, it was, like, my dream residency and, like, just getting everything organized. And, um... And then, so the day of getting there was just like this, there's so much going on preparing. And I was like nervous that I would lose something or wouldn't have something with me. And of course I didn't rent a car. You can, a lot of people will rent a car, but I decided not to. And when you don't rent a car, you kind of have to rely on like maybe other people in the village to have a car that'll drive you down to get food if you need it or fuel. Um, 
And if there's nobody there, you can like call a taxi in a pinch. Otherwise it's like a three hour walk. I mean, a three mile walk to the nearest like gas station where you can buy bread and milk, you know? So, so I was like nervous, like, Oh my God, am I going to have everything at least to get me going for a few days? And, um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, weren't you, I mean, if this were me, um, I look, I, I used to pack an, a huge suitcase for four days on the road. Cause I'm like, um, they're not going to have, um, Advil in this town yeah. of Ohio. They're not going to have, <laughs> yeah. um, peanut butter. I would pack literally peanut butter, crackers, tea, um, like a lunatic, like a hobo. Cause I'm convinced. Yeah. So like, I mean, you must've been somewhat, it sounds to me like you're, you're gathering your supplies, you're getting ready. And yeah. so it's your first night there. And what's that like for you emotionally? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And just the, in terms of the packing real quick, like I packed for like three weeks before I left. I was freaking oh my out. God. I, I would die. Yeah. And I was like a few kilo kilos or whatever over the weight. And the first guy let me through, but on the way back, it was a nightmare I had to repack. But anyways, like, so packing was an issue because yeah, you just, you don't want to, and I, I think what I learned is I brought too many art supplies. Like I brought all my oil colors when I probably didn't need all my freaking oil paints. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but anyways, like, so this is the crazy part. So the guy, the taxi driver, who's so nice, he's like super nice. And his two daughters are in the front row and like one of them's named Shauna and we bonded over that. And like, they're so adorable and like but there's so many things that happen in Ireland both times I've gone that are just like serendipitous and like magic you know but but anyways like they're so nice and like he he had helped me like get the stuff I needed for the fuel and he he helped me bring my stuff in and and then he like helped me light the stove for the first time because you have to like use the there's like these little storage heaters but you need to keep a fire going to like really stay warm so he helped me do that and showed me how to do it and then when he first left and I was like, for the, finally I was alone in my cottage. Mm. Like I had been alone the first, you know, the day before in Dublin and Killarney, but like, this was like the first moment I was actually alone in the cottage. I lost it. Like I burst into <laughs> tears and like was almost like hyperventilating. Like I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I'm free. I'm going to freak out. I'm freaking out. And I was, you know, it was like the buildup and like all of just the excitement. And then suddenly like the solitude, but mm. cause there was like literally nobody around, not a soul around for miles on the side of a mountain, you know? And, um, cause there were no so other scary. artists at the moment. Like, I mean, apparently actually there was like just sidebar. There was apparently one artist that was there in one of the other cottages. And I saw him at some point, maybe the next day for like a second, but he hightailed it out of there. And later, like someone said like, yeah, he couldn't pack it. Like he, he was like, this is too cold and too much. And like, it's too lonely. And he, you know, it's definitely not for everyone, you know, but anyways, like, so I lost it and I was like freaking out and I was like just overwhelmed. And so I called, you know, luckily there's phone service, like there's no internet or anything, but I called just Jimmy, my husband. And like, um, he talked me down, you know, he like, I was like, I'm freaking out. Oh my God. I'm just like overwhelmed and I'm freaking out. And he's like, it's going to be great. He was like, oh my God, you're going to feel really weird for a while and it's going to be overwhelming, but you're, this is what you've been so excited for and it's going to be amazing. And so that was like the first moment of like, wait, wait, but what's the freak out about? Like, what's the, is it the fear of, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack and nobody's going to be able to help me? Is it, oh my God, I have to, there's no one to talk to. Like, what's the, what are the fears? Yeah, like I've been trying to think about it and there are other moments I'll tell you about, but like in that moment, trying to analyze what it was, like I think it was all of the above and it was like all of, I think a lot of it had to do with the nerves building up to it 
and like making sure I had everything and just like getting there was like really, it was a journey, you know, cause I had to like, you know, just getting to Dublin and all the stops, you get to the airport, you get to the first stop and you take a taxi and then you get to the hotel and then getting my shit up the stairs. There's no elevator, you know, just like yeah, everything for the lot. last two days was like a lot. So there's that. And then making sure I had all my supplies. So it was just like, I think a release knowing that I was finally there. So that's part of it. And then, like you said, just like, what if I fucking fall down the side of the mountain? There's nobody, <laughs> nobody will know, you know? Um, and then it's like, but then I think it's also just like the solitude. Like I, I live in New York city, you know, like there's mm-hmm. never a moment where you can look around you and not hear sounds or see people or, you know, see lights. Like when the sun went down, it was pitch dark and oh the God. only light for miles was my little window. And I'll, I'll send you pictures. Like oh. there's pure darkness and my little window light. You oh know, <laughs> like were you afraid you of know. being eaten by leprechauns or being eaten by <laughs> dragons out there? I was afraid of weird supernatural things that might happen, you know, like I wouldn't say, not, you know, I, I, I was more. And so at first I was like, am I afraid of like, yeah, ghosts. Like I've heard like one of the cottages is haunted and I'm like normally in my day-to-day life, super into stuff like that. I think it's fascinating. And like, I love mythology and I love ghost stories and I love scary movies and I love horror movies and I don't scare easily, but there were moments with those first couple nights where I was like, Holy shit. If I let my imagination run right now, I could freak (laughs) myself out. Like, and it's like, the, the key is under every door. Like there's no, and, and okay, and then the only other person I had to talk to for the first four or five days was the caretaker, who's this Irish guy, who's a local, and he has the thickest accent. Of course. I recorded him secretly on my phone for like 15 <laughs> minutes without him knowing it. So I'm like, this is insane. This accent is nuts. I don't know what he's talking about. Mm. And I was like, he's the only person I have to glean any kind of information from, and I cannot understand him. He's so nice and so sweet. And I would like invite him in for tea when he would come by. Cause he was there every afternoon, like doing laundry and whatever, like he's the caretaker. And, um, I started to like begin, you know, to figure out how to understand him. But at first I was like, Oh my God, he's the only person for miles. And I can't understand him. Of course. <laughs> and that's how it goes too. It's always the irony. And, and were you desperate? <laughs> like normally you probably wouldn't talk to that guy. You'd be like, fuck him. He's some fucking weirdo. But this time <laughs> you were like, Oh my God, come on in buddy. Like here's some tea. Would you like a well, massage? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was, I think I was, I think I would have talked to him anyway because I was so excited to be there. But like, if there were more people around and definitely like the second week when there were more people around, I didn't like invite him in for tea as much, you know, right. like I think that first week, week I'm like, here, come in, please. Of course. Uh, You're my best friend. The only person yeah. I can talk to for miles. Um, yeah. And was he horrible? Was he like, a, well, you couldn't understand him. So. Did you, did you yeah, drink a lot? I, I, I would drink a lot if I were you. Did you drink alcohol alone? I did. I drank, but not as much as I thought I would. I brought two flasks of really nice Irish whiskey and I didn't even go through them. And I also brought like an eight pack of Guinness from the grocery store. And there were like some nights where like, so I'll tell you about like things that happened, but like, you know, New Year's Eve, there was like a party that ended up happening and then there were nights at the pub. So I, you know, but like in terms of overall, like, I, I think those first two nights, I was like, I, I was too scared to like get into the whiskey because I'm like, I'm by myself. I don't know. I'm, it's, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know? Yeah. Like, so I didn't drink any of my little whiskey flasks until a few days in when I like kind of relaxed a little bit and settled in. But um, yeah, it was it was crazy. But for the first few days, like nobody around, and then like, you know, Christmas 
um, Christmas and Christmas Eve, I was by myself. And he, like the guy, Michael, he had the idea at some point to like turn the lights on in the other cottages. So it wouldn't, you know, if somebody came by, if, you know, there's only one light on. If you know oh that, it could freak you out. So yeah. it's comforting to have the other lights on. So that helped, you know, I was like, all right. Now it's not like my door is the only light, like for, my window is the only right. one lit. <laughs> for Jack the Ripper to come and murder you in the night. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that first like freak out and then I like calmed down and I, and it was still the afternoon. So I went for like a walk and like the minute I got outside and I was like, holy shit, I live here for three weeks. It's so, so beautiful and amazing. And I went for a walk and up the hill and, you know, I was just like overwhelmed. And I think for the first few days, my tail was just wagging. Like I would like jump up and like hear a noise and like look out the window and like see if there was a person or, you know, and like the windows are tiny because it's super windy on the hillside. So you can't have big windows, you know, on the front. And so you can't really see out the front unless you peek out your little side door. And, you know, so I was kind of bugging out for the first couple of days, just not able to relax and focus, just like too excited. And I want, anytime I would see the sun come out, I would like, you know, hop up and run outside. And so I was easily distracted, but, um, you know, and then like in terms of just like moments of loneliness, um, I mean, by the second and third week I was fine, but like that first week there were more of those moments where I was like, I could freak out right now. And like, and then Christmas, I was like, am I going to be lonely or sad that, you know, I'm supposed to be with my family and like away from my husband and whatever. And, um, I was fine for a little while, but then I think my second, like kind of meltdown that I can remember was like, you know, I had, I was so excited about everything. And like, when I finally talked to my family and they were all together and my brother has a new baby and like, um, you know, beyond like wishing I was with them, I think what really did it, cause I started like getting sort of upset talking to them and I don't know if they knew it, but then I hung up and just like burst into tears. And I think mm-hmm. it was because, um, and I, I thought about this a lot, like what loneliness means, you know, it's like, I had so much to tell them and like so much I was excited about, at least for my, like the first few days I'd been there and just so much I wish I could share with them. And I couldn't because I was, they're passing a the phone around and there's the baby that's distracting. I'm like, and I think just like that disconnection, like that feeling of like, oh, I can't express to them all the stuff. I can't show them all, you mm. know, and tell them all the stories and, and, and share it with anybody. And so that like suddenly made me feel really lonely, but like, and I got really upset, but then again, I talked to my husband and thank God he was like, I, could, I talked to him like a lot and I shared with him a lot. And, um, and then I, at a certain point realized that like, this, the whole idea was for me to be with myself and like, um, like I need to just be in the moment and like sort of share it with myself and not worry so much about sharing it with other people. And then like, once I focused on that, I remembered that like the whole idea is the solitude and like, um, and, and it just made me like, in terms of like your, when you're, when you told me you're doing this episode, it just made me think like, you know, just that whole idea of if you can't, be in a moment alone by yourself, then that kind of creates loneliness, you know? Yeah. And then sure. like, so my loneliness kind of went away once I settled into that remembering that like, I mean, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm in my studio alone all the time and I love being alone and it's never a problem. So I was like, why am I bugging out right now? And I realized it was just like, 
the intensity of the experience, not being able to like share it immediately with normally I would go home and share stuff with Jimmy or whatever. And like, so, but once I got over that, I was like, this is what it's all about. Like getting in touch with yourself and Hmm. you know, solitude is sort of the point, you know? Yeah. Solitude. Oh my God. Especially when you're creating, I think, um, before I called you, I I talked about how Nietzsche said that, uh, you can't be in society and be able to kind of comment on it at the same time. You almost have to remove yourself from something to get perspective on it, to have a better, you know, to see what you think about it. And I think it's interesting yeah. what you said about um, you, you spoke to your family, but you couldn't convey to them what was happening. I think that's a huge component of loneliness is that you're not being understood. You're not being seen. Mm-hmm. You're not being properly heard. And that yeah. that's the, I think for me, the essence of loneliness, because to some extent it is a voluntary condition. Like there's billions of people on this planet. If you feel lonely, it's probably because you're kind of making a choice to not connect with others or yeah. to not allow yourself to be heard or seen or, or whatnot. Um, it's like a voluntary mm-hmm. thing. Um, and why do we choose it sometimes? <laughs> like, because there are many nights at home. I spend a lot of time alone, too. I really enjoy it. But I have dogs. Yeah. So like I, I, the dogs, at least I can talk to the dogs, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what's up with those nights where I'm just like, you know, I, I should go out. I should talk to somebody. I should pick up the phone and call. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> you know? I know. I mean, I struggle. You know me. I struggle with that, too. I'm like, totally, I totally antisocial. <laughs> like, you know, and I and I know that, like, sometimes... It it's weird because on the one hand, I think being alone a lot um, solves the problem of loneliness because I truly believe that like if you're in touch with yourself, then you are more able to be in touch with like other people. Yeah. And like you, 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 if you're disconnected from yourself, then you're going to feel disconnected to like the world and other people. But on the other hand, like if you isolate, you know, you got to talk to people sometimes, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I guess it's a balance, but I sometimes think, geez, like, yeah, if I didn't have Jimmy at home or my cat, like, would I be just super, I like to be alone, but it's like, wouldn't work if I didn't know I had him at home to talk to a lot or you to talk to. And like, you know, my family, they're there, you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, yeah, the idea that knowing that there's somebody there waiting for you does temper the times when you're lonely. Like, um, you know, when I was pregnant and Tom's on the road and I was home a lot alone with the dogs, like, you know, knowing that, oh, well, he's going to be back Monday kind of tempers mm-hmm. the the panic of being alone for too long. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. But then like a weird thing happens, I think what you're describing happens to me sometimes. Like the first two days I'm afraid I get, I, I occupy my time with shit and then you just, mm-hmm. you sit, you settle into being alone and then the thought yeah. doesn't scare you as much. Cause you're like, Oh, now this is just how I do things. And then Tom comes yeah. back and I'm like, what are you doing here? Like I just had this whole yeah. thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like you I adapt. Know, it is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it is. It's like, <clears throat> it's psychological because like Jimmy and I talk about this a lot. We both, are, you know, relative homebodies. And like, we both like, he's really, he says this a lot. Like he's never suffered from like boredom or loneliness in terms of like being at home alone. Like if he, 
his happy place is by himself with his books and his Legos or whatever it is, you know, his movies or his things he's reading. Mm-hmm. The things that like stimulate him and like that he's interested in, like his art, his thing, you know, being creative, like, um, and so it's like his happy place is like when he gets time to just be in his head and do his thing, you know? But even he said like when I was away, cause he was basically alone while I was alone we, you know, we talked about like we were alone together, which helped. It was comforting, yeah. you know, Yeah. but, but like, even he was like, he was lonely a little bit, you know, we were, and even though like he enjoys being alone and he knows I'm just a phone call away, like there's something about like just that knowing that person's not going to be in your presence for a certain amount of time that like can be scary at first. And it's just like, and I think it's like, you know, if it's outside the norm, what you're used to, you know, it's, yeah, you just have to like get used to it and then you get over it and you're like, cause like, you know, when I was in Ireland, the, by the time I got over all that, the feelings and like the loneliness, then I was like, Oh my God, this is paradise. Like, right. not that I never, never want to see right. anyone again, but like, it's like an opportunity to just, just be here and do my thing and enjoy it. And once I got there, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. It's like such a, a, a special privilege and like a treat you know wait a minute but you didn't have television right no but i had my computer and i did bring some movies one funny thing jimmy put the shining on my computer i was like that's great i'm like (laughs) like, i know like i would like to watch that but maybe i shouldn't that's gonna be bad (laughs) kind of appropriate yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting because when i lived alone Like when you, when it's different, when you live alone, it's a different feeling than living with a spouse and that spouse leaves. And it's, yeah. Why is that? It's funny because when I lived alone, I never really felt lonely because like you just knew it, like going into it, you're like, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be alone. And it was awesome. I loved living alone. I fucking loved it. I did too. I totally loved it. the best. Like, I know. (laughs) So awesome. And I think it, and I think about that too, like people that are single and don't like, I've lived with someone for so many years now. I mean, like 10 years and like, um, I, but I think, you know, I remember what it was like to live alone and some people live alone all the time. And like, I, yeah, it's just must be that you just adapt and you find your comfort through your friends or family in other ways. And, you know, so I think, you know, yeah, when you live with someone, and you've adapted to that, it might be jarring when that person's away for a little while because you're just used to them being there, you know? Yeah, I think it's just what you're used to. It's like habits, you know, you become accustomed to it and then they're gone. You're just like sad little dog, you know, like, where's my friend? Yeah. Where's my meow? Where? So (laughs) the beginning is crisis and then you settle into it. And so what Mm -hmm. did you learn from your solitude? And do you think your artwork became better? Like you talked about in the very beginning of this conversation, how critiques are usually public, right? You're, you're with other artists and at the end of the day or the week or whatever, they tell you their thoughts on your work and that's how you Mm -hmm. grow. So what was the difference Mm -hmm. in you just being alone? Like, do you think it, it was more productive or, or what, what happened for you? What changed for you? Well, I think like, yeah, I was wondering what would happen going into it. Like my plan was to kind of, you know, shake things up a little bit and kind of go, I just was feeling the need to like go a little deeper or, you know, dive a little deeper. And and I'm not sure that like I've gotten what I wanted in that regard yet. Like I, I think there was some of that happening, but 
what did happen and which, which I think I'm learning after coming back, um, was a couple things like, I mean, first of all, I, expl- I experimented with like new materials, just things I don't usually use. Like I played with watercolors and inks. Like I usually paint in oil and I kind of have my way I do things, but it was an opportunity to just do something different, which in my studio here, I kind of, I don't know. I don't allow myself time and space to like play with things without the pressure so often. So it was good to do that. Like there was no pressure Nobody's going to care. I mean, or at least I didn't, uh, I didn't care if anybody cared what I made while I was gone. It was more just my time to like, you know, try new things and, and but do you, dig but, a little deeper. And, but do you think hmm? it was because there was nobody around uh, that loosened up the, the reins on your creativity? Like, cause there's no one, no judging eyes and no time constraints. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's part of it. I mean, but I think it's more just a change of mental scenery, kind of like it was like a space of time that like was going to be different from my day to day studio practice. And like, cause to be honest, like when people showed up in the second week, it was kind of a motivator. Cause like I get inspired by seeing what other people are doing. And when they see what I'm doing and like give me feedback, it actually feeds me. So like, um, and, and, you know, I kind of generate ideas talking to people. So that, that actually was good, but like, I think it was more, like I said, just the, I had decided I'm going to just like see what happens. And then, so the second part of like the whole thing was just like, I knew that I would be responding to like the, the landscape and the environment and the light and just the feeling of being there and all those things. So I kind of didn't have a plan because I wanted to see what would happen and, you know, so you can't like avoid the landscape. It's so beautiful. So I played with the landscape a little bit and, and since coming back, like, I'm just so like full of ideas. It's like, I'm, I feel saturated with like the color and the light and like, want to just like, I can't stop looking through my photos and have all these ideas of how to deal with like, you know, the color and the stuff I saw there and how it's going to come into hopefully some new paintings. So it was less about like what I produced there and more about like the feeling the whole experience gave me and what I've brought back with me, you know? That's so interesting. Isn't it like travel? Like, um, it's almost like you, you, your brain needs a change of scene. Your emotions need a break. Mm -hmm. Everything needs a break to, to become inspired again. It's so crazy. Yeah, you got totally. And like to just the change of scenery is so huge. And like, and you're right. Like, even if I'm not on some artist retreat, just traveling in general, like always does that. I think like stepping outside your, day to day is huge you know it just does kind of wake you up and think about things differently and um but yeah in terms of like how the solitude I'm trying to think if it like affected yeah I mean I think I I did have the opportunity to kind of get inside my own head a little more than I would here you know yeah and and that's a, a good thing and I mean walking around like I mean, just another thing about like being alone that kind of I was tripping out on the whole time, not in a bad way, like in a really good way, just like fascinated with, like I would go for a hike, like I would call it going on an adventure. (laughs) Whenever Mm -hmm. I like text Jimmy, I'm like, I'm on an adventure right now. He's like, great, I'm at work. Great. Um, But like, (laughs) (laughs) thanks, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I would just think suddenly stop and like become conscious of the fact that like, 
I've been alone all day. Like, it's so weird, you know? And it's like, right. oh my God, I've just been by myself. Like, I've been walking around by myself with me, myself, and I. Like, it's just a weird concept when you're, especially when you're alone for miles. Like, it's it's a it's a trippy feeling, you know? And, like, I would be up on the top of the mountain overlooking the uh, the Atlantic on, like, the edge of Europe and, like, you know, find these, like, magical standing stones from, like, before the pyramids, like, you know, or whatever, like things, super ancient spots. And then there's like these fairy forts where like, you know, these old ring forts that are overgrown and like with a passageway or doorway inside and it's dark and you're like, Oh my God, there's totally fairies in there and something (laughs) supernatural. And I would like hear noises and I'm like, okay, am I going crazy? Like what's happening? And, um, but I think just like, there's something about the landscape and the ancient feeling you get being on that landscape and then just being totally alone, you know, yeah. that like is a different fucking trippy experience, you know, it's so crazy. And I think nature yeah. lends itself to that because like I, I've been alone traveling around the world and I think I get very lonely on the road I have in the past and I think it's only yeah. because I choose not to talk to people because I don't want to have mm-hmm. the same fucking conversations over and over again. Where are you from? What do you do? Are you married? Do you have children? How many do- like yeah. the the, mon- the monotony of small talk would make me so upset that I would just opt out entirely and just be lonely instead. <laughs> I would suffer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would rather I be alone with my thoughts than have chit chat with some sometimes with people. But but you I wouldn't know. have the same experience in New York City had you taken three weeks to sit in your studio that's the interesting thing is it took a change of scenery it took a change of location to open you up and and nature and stuff nature's the best yeah. isn't it oh my god yeah i mean it's so important you know to like be in nature sometimes and i don't do it nearly enough it's hard to find around here you know or just to get out of the city and but yeah it's like i don't know it's you feel your you know you need to feel that connection to the universe, you know, and you feel that in like vast sublime nature, you know, when you can find it, it's so, it's just like a reminder of how big everything is and how small you are. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like comforting for some people that's like super scary, but for me, it's like, I don't know. I find it very comforting to zoom out and be like, all right, none of this stuff that stresses me out on a day to day basis matters at all. And the greatest scheme no. of things like, the world is so much bigger than that. And like, it's so, I just, that's, you know, I feel that in nature and, um, definitely do. Yeah, definitely. That's why I go to the ocean. I went yesterday after being cooped up for a month with my kid and like just sitting and looking at the friskalating dusk light on that ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it takes you, I know I love that word and it, it takes you, uh, (laughs) Out of your own bullshit, you know? You just go like, what am I so... What, wait, what's wrong? Wait, what's happening right now? And you just realize like, oh, I'm going to die someday. I'm going to die mm-hmm. and all of this will end. And I only have a handful of years, really, in the grand scheme of things. Like, uh, it's so funny. I was thinking about like um, famous comedians. I was listening to George Carlin the other day. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you work so hard as a comic to build a legacy or, you know, if you're trying to build something that will be remembered... But nobody fucking cares because when you die, like maybe, maybe there's a few people that are like, oh, my God, remember George Carlin? Yeah, that guy was cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what's up with Amy Schumer? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And uh, what, I, what I mean to say is 
do those things. Strive for excellence. Yeah. Be your best. Mm-hmm. But also keep perspective. Like, don't kill yourself over whatever yeah. it is. Because at the end of the day, dude, you're going to fucking die. And we're all worm food. You just have to enjoy today and, like, yeah, keep perspective. Yeah, that's point. You have to enjoy it. Like, if you're constantly... And, like, I, I thought about that, too, in terms of, like, the solitude and, you know, the idea of, like, being in the moment it's so important because if you're spending your moments from moment to moment, like worrying about the future or the past or, you know, things that stress you out, like it's just flies by then and you miss the whole point. Like the whole point is you're alive and you have flesh and you've got to enjoy the moment, you know? And like, you know, so I think that loneliness is like in part the inability to do that, like to, um, you know, if you, if, if you're alone by yourself and you're having anxiety about too many different things, whether it's past, future, and not just sitting in the moment, like that is a, for me, like that is what makes me feel lonely. Cause I sometimes like, even though I like to be alone a lot or I am alone a lot, when I find that I'm like squirrely and can't focus and sit down and do what I want to do, it's because I'm fretting over this or that. And then it makes me feel lonely somehow because I, I don't know. It's like when I'm not in touch with myself, that's the most lonely feeling, you know, that's so I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a disconnect of some kind. It's a disconnect between mm-hmm. you and you and a disconnect. And if you're disconnected between you and you, then you're disconnected between you and the world. I think that's exactly yeah. totally. Whoa. You know what that is? That is so deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was the whole point. That was the whole fucking, that was it. We just figured it all out. Did you realize what just happened? Yeah, we solved it. We, we solved did. loneliness. Dude, because <laughs> I was like, I could not think of what the answer was. I'm like, what is it? Like, is it just that we don't trust other people to reach out? Is it? But that's yeah. what it is. It's a broken connection between you and you, and then you and the external world doesn't make sense, right? Because your, your shit's all fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And actually I have a quote. Have you ever heard of um that book Gift from the Sea? Have you ever can no. I tell you about that book or have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. So um it's this nice sweet little book um written by uh what's her name? The wife of Charles Lindbergh, you know that aviator dude? Um oh, she right. wrote a book. Yeah, and it you know, she wrote it in I don't know, probably the fifties. And a lot of it is like about marriage and relationships, but it, you know, and a little sort of dated in terms of like how marriages work, but very lots of wisdom in that regard. But most of it, what I like about it is it's like about how to be in solitude and like how important it is to like take everybody in the world should take time once a year, however often they can to just be in nature or just be by themselves, whether they're creative or whatever. And um, there's this quote that's like what we were just talking about already. Yeah. says, it is the wilderness in the mind, the desert wastes in the heart through which one wanders lost and a stranger. Um, when, wait, when one is a stranger to oneself and one is estranged from others too. If one is out of touch with oneself, then one cannot touch others. Sorry, my handwriting is terrible. Mm. But basically the idea is like, yeah, if you're, if you can't figure out how to like get in touch with your own soul once in a while, then you're going to have a hard time connecting with others. Dude, you know? that is so fucking true. Because don't you know yeah. people who can't be alone? Like, I know so many comics who make sure there's never a, a non, a, like, a, a non-party moment. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there are people who surround themselves with idiots all the time. 
just that they don't have yeah. to feel the feeling of like, oh my God, I'm alone. What's going on in my own head? And that's, yeah. and those people are generally alcoholics and drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard. I mean, and like, even what I, I, the other thing that I experienced, like the first, you know, few nights I couldn't even sit there and paint without like something on in the background, which I generally do a lot anyways. Like I kind of always have to have either music, excuse me, or like a podcast or something on. And I thought a lot about that. I'm like, why do I do that a lot? And I, the, the other thing that I think people struggle with a lot, we all struggle with is like when you're truly alone and you're like being, allowing yourself to be alone, like you have to face your shit, like yeah. your demons come up here. And like, cause that happened too, a few times when I felt really bugged out or something, I'm like, what am I? And it, cause I wanted to try to analyze it. I'm like, what, what is that feeling? What am I afraid of? And at first I, I thought I was like afraid I was going to lose my mind, like yeah. being alone and having known, I'm like, I think I'm afraid I might freak out and lose my mind. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to lose my mind. Um, and I'm like, am I afraid of like stranger danger? Am I really afraid that <laughs> someone's going to come danger. in here and like <laughs> murder me? Yeah. I'm afraid <laughs> of stranger like, danger constantly. All <sighs> the time. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I just, I think what it was is just like that fear of, like what's going to come up when I really don't have something to distract me. It's going to be like whatever things make me sad or death or, you know, the ideas of like, think my insecurities, like things that I need to stare in the face. And it did. Like if I don't, if I don't like, you know, you, you deal with your, your struggles or if I'm painting without something to listen to, sometimes the, the difficulty of painting is hard for me to grapple with. So I, I have to distract myself. And the more you can like face those things without a distraction, you know, so the, the, my what I was gonna say is like the first few nights I like had to have Harry Potter on in the background all day. Oh, it's the best, <laughs> dude. I'm like, I love Harry Potter and it's comforting to me. And because like Jimmy and I love Harry Potter, I'm like, I'm just gonna have Harry Potter on just here in the background, like the movie while I'm painting. And so it was like I was avoiding being truly alone. You know? Yeah. Or um, even um, I eat with the television on. And like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't eat unless I have the perfect program on. You know, I have to find that perfect thing. Um, Try eating without any distraction. It's a totally different. You actually enjoy your food. You don't just inhale it, which is really crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You like taste it. Yeah. You taste your food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chew. That's weird. Or even like um, I made eggs this morning and I did it without music and I did it in, in quiet. And I uh, and I mm-hmm. noticed so many more things about the eggs, like oh, look at the color here, and look how that swirls, and wow, look at this, yeah. and like just really, um, instead of just getting through making eggs, I made eggs today. Mm, it could be because I'm yeah. sleep deprived and I'm like stoned, and mm-hmm. you know, but um, <laughs> instead of just yeah. getting through shit, like I'm gonna get through the shower so I can go to the thing and then get in the car, like. Um, yeah, slowing down and just really doing those things is a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, and just like being conscious in those moments, like are gonna, they're going to make time pass toward, you know, you're going to move towards your death slower, you know, because you're like, there you go, you, you positive, can, like, enjoy each, yeah, just like be in the moment and then like life isn't just like a quick, rapid pacing towards death you know it's like more meaningful i think you know there you go we just (laughs) solved two big problems today there's the existential crisis solved and we Mm -hmm. we define loneliness better than anyone else has i think yeah dude all right well um i gotta go i gotta (laughs) pump my boobs um i gotta give milk to my kid 
Uh, but I okay. want to thank you so much for joining, Shauna. I I love you. I think you're you're one I of the best too, people yeah. on the planet. I was explaining to my audience cool. before you came on how had you not been in my life, I would probably be way more fucked up. Um, I basically <laughs> just copied everything you did, and I ended up pretty oh, okay. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's so funny. We've talked about this so many times because, like, I feel the same way. Like, I I co- I've just been copying you my whole life. I'm like, <laughs> no. if you ha- if we hadn't become friends. I don't even know what, what would have happened to me. It would have been really bro. weird. <laughs> I know. Well, I love you. And do you want to give a plug for your artwork where people can find you? Um, Shaunafin.com. And that's my website. Two N's. S-H-A-U-N-A-F-I-N-N. And it's Shaunafin right, Art, like, right? Well, the website is Shaunafin.com. My Instagram oh. is Shaunafin Art. Yeah. Uh, check her stuff out, guys. Support artists. Buy Shaunafin's stuff for... Um, for gifts, why not give yeah. the gift of art to somebody for their birthday or, or a Mother's Day or Valentine's Day? Valentine's coming, coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Support an artist. Don't don't go buy some prefab shit. Go to shaunafin.com and um and get something for your loved one. Um, I love Aww, you, dude. You're the best. Dude. I love you, man. And You're I'm, the best. I I'm, love you so much. I'm so proud of you for doing this um, artist retreat. It's such a massive uh, personal development thing. And uh, I, I, I'm, Thanks, I'm, dude. I'm in awe. And I'm proud of you. I'm glad you did it. That was huge. Thanks, man. I'll show you pictures soon. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll Skype for really reels and I'll show you some stuff. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> I love you, bro. I love you, too. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.